Warning, you are about to enter another dimension. Things may get strange, things may be weird. Prepare for the unexpected. What's going on everyone? It is Quad D20 with Dimension 119. Back at it again for another podcast day. Uh, Oh, my water jug just fell over. I uh, donate plasma, so I had to get a big water jug because I have to drink a gallon of water every day. Not every day, but I am trying to drink one every day. But I definitely have to drink it before plasma. It helps me donate. And my, thank God it has a lid on it, just kind of my jug fell over. That was that loud noise. Anyways, off on a tangent already, and we haven't even begun. (laughs) So... I'm pretty excited about uh, today's episode because we're going to talk some D&D. Uh, we haven't done a D&D episode yet, which is why I'm excited for it. Uh, it's something I, I want to do, it's something I want to do more of. Uh, we just haven't, haven't played in a while. Um, you know, I've kind of done some looking and reading and thinking, and I'm always thinking about different scenarios and things like that, but I haven't played in a while, so I haven't had those haven't fully had those D&D juices flowing all the way, you know, with inspiration and things like that. So, uh, last Saturday, we actually started up our home uh, home group with a new group of people and got to play, and it was a lot of fun. really enjoyed it, Um, and if any of my players are listening to this podcast and this episode, you're going to want to not until after we do our session that I'm going to run at some point. We're trying to schedule a session now uh, where I can do a one-shot. This will be my first ever uh, time DMing a session or a game. Um, and I'm going to do some prep on this, so players, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast till after the game. Uh, that being said, and that out of the way, we played Saturday. It was a lot of fun. We played for several hours. Um, fought what would essentially be considered a demigod. Um, maybe a... And it, at first, we could do absolutely nothing to touch him, her. I say him, her, because his top half was female and the bottom half was male. Uh, found that out later. Just kind of a weird... It never got explained because it was a one-shot. Anyways. Um, wait. My character ended up taking a coin with the god symbol on it that he that this thing was worshipping and branding himself in the forehead with it. And so the god decided that I was strong enough to fight this thing, took the blessings away from both of us, and we fought it out. And we, me and the party slayed uh, the beast, the person, the guy, thing, whatever, whatever you want to call that thing. Uh, We slayed it, and that was the end of the one shot. But that got me to really kind of got my D&D juices flowing again, but also uh, kind of, I went out of my comfort zone and kind of volunteered to try to put something together for the next session because I, it's something I do want to do. I do want to run some games because I have a lot of ideas to me that are good that I want to use. Um, just, i extremely nervous to do it. It's kind of out of my comfort zone to take charge like that, take the initiative and you know, we've got, I don't feel like I'm experienced enough, but at, at the same time, I realize that at some point you just kind of have to do it. 
and I don't want to you you know waste these ideas. I've got a notebook full of ideas at home. I've got a you know bunch rolling around in my head right now for this session. I've got a world that I've worked on and started putting together, and I've been working on it for a while. Uh, something I've kind of put to the side for a while because you know for one haven't played in a while, and two haven't put any work into it because any more work into it because I haven't run any sessions and I would like to I would like it to be a living growing world where when players play in it that's when stuff gets uh, structured and built and stuff gets put together and the world grows with people playing in it and sessions being run in it and things like that um, that being said one of the things in my world is the Crimson Wood or the Blood Forest uh and that's probably, as of right now, that's where this session that I'm going to be kind of prepping here a little bit. You guys and this podcast are going to be my audio notes for this session. Uh, since I'm able to write right now, I figure I can put this on, on here and then I can go back and listen to it and make notes or whatever if I need to. Uh, that's where this, that's where, if all goes as planned... That's pretty much the only real area that I have kind of fleshed out, kind of have a background for a little bit. So I'm hoping that that's what the players will choose to go. That's where they're going to start in front of. So I'm hoping they'll choose to venture there. Uh, What we're looking at right now, slow down so these people can get past me so I can get out of this lane that's ending. Uh, What we're looking at right now is something that I kind of had some ideas for um, a couple years ago while watching one of when I first got into D&D I kind of learned it from YouTube and I found a community on on their absolute tabletop I'm, I'm not affiliated with them it's not a sponsor just some background information on on where I kind of started I started with a home group um, like really started D&D started with a home group and before I played with that home group the first time I felt like I needed to learn some rules and and learn some ins and outs and and so I didn't wasn't completely new and didn't completely didn't uh go into the room completely not knowing what was going on so I watched a bunch of YouTube videos found this community and found one channel uh as part of the community that kind of kind of did inspiration kind of they wanted to teach you how to be a better player, better game master, and things like that, and they're still making, he's still making videos, and he's changed his name, his channel name, to more of an inspiration type thing, Uh, but he had an exercise on one of his podcasts that he also posted on YouTube that, where he asked several questions, and through, in in the hopes of through answering those questions, it would kind of jog your creativity he's kind of help, trying to help be creative and trying try, kind of demonstrating an exercise on how to get those creative juices flowing and I don't actually have my notes in front of me for what I wrote down several years ago I remember certain little things about it and certain little things that I wanted to include with it but we're going to kind of come up with our own scenario uh, based on that now because I think that's how I want to start as of now, that's how I want to start this this one shot. So, basically, the players are... 
I want to have the players together. Uh, they've already. I'm going to ask them, give them the opportunity to talk amongst themselves and decide kind of why they're together or why they're traveling down the same road, even if they don't know each other or whatever. Um, towards in the direction, I shouldn't say towards. They're they're in the direction of the Crimson Wood or the Blood Forest, and I will I'll describe the Crimson Wood. And, the blood forest here in a minute here in a little bit when we get to that point that way you'll know why it's called that um they're heading that direction when they get somewhat close to it uh they see several wagons call it a caravan if you like several wagons um toppled over uh, the content strewn all over the ground there's one person, one male laying on the ground, um, not far from one of the wagons, and most of the wagons are burning. His wagon is definitely in disrepair, wheels missing, the axles broke, it's not going anywhere. There's no evidence of anything pulling these wagons uh, there's there's no there's no um, bodies of, of horses of oxen of any kind of pack animal or any kind of animal that would that would pull a wagon or a cart around um, there's no saddles there's no harnesses there's I don't know what they're called. The two poles that stick out in front of a wagon that you would attach, you know, that would have the harness, you'd attach the harness to to pull the wagon. Uh, those are there. There's no harnesses or anything like that um, strung between them. Uh, there's nothing like lashed to the wagons. There's no animals around. And all these wagons are burning, except for this man's that he's laying. 20 or 30 feet from or so and he's pretty banged up um, there's no there's no like stab wounds there's no you know his, his not really any weapon wounds that you can see he's he's bruised and battered he's bleeding from scrapes and cuts he looks pretty bad. He looks, I mean, he looks like he's been in a, in a bad accident. But in, from a distance, you're, you're not even sure if he's alive. Um, when you get up to him, and I'm kind of doing this in a, in a, kind of in a way that I would do this with describing this to the players. That's kind of how I want to do this. And it may, obviously, it may change throughout and it may change a little bit as I'm describing it to them and stuff like that but it's, this is what's on my mind right now this is how I want it to go so if the players decide to approach as they approach him they notice that uh, he is in fact alive um, I haven't quite decided what is being transported yet that's something else I'm going to work on um, in the exercise that uh, this guy walks you through. 
he talks he asks a question of why are the why is this caravan transporting so many and so much alchemical materials um, potions and the like and why why is it being moved and, and you know why are they transporting it excuse me um, I don't know if I'm going to go that direction with it yet I haven't decided that's something I'm kind of waiting for inspiration for and I may I may decide as we move on with the prep what to put in there I'm, I'm not sure yet I'm not sure if it's just I haven't decided if it's just uh, a family moving and some people that you know there's these wagons or, or there's a village moving I shouldn't say a family there wouldn't be that many wagons I haven't decided if it's a you know a village relocating if it's like people migrating to a, a new place to, to brave some season, I haven't decided yet. Or if it is, you know, if it was some people transporting these chemicals and stuff. Um, but once I, obviously once I have that, I'll insert it into the description there. Um, if the players decide to look around and try to figure out, you know, what's strewn all over the ground. Um, as they approach the man, they do notice that he is alive and he's, you can see these marks from, from the wagon, like you can kind of see where the wagon kind of toppled over, and it looks like he was thrown out of the wagon a little ways, you know, a few feet, and then you can see where he's kind of crawled. And he started to crawl towards this, the the crimson wood, and strangely, he's crawling using his arms, and that's not the strange part. He's he's crawling using his arms, and kind of dragging his torso and his body through the dirt, through the grass, um, toward back towards the wood. But from what you can see, his legs don't appear to be broken. His legs aren't missing. It doesn't doesn't look like there's anything wrong with his legs. He's he's not not using them. They're not. I mean, they're not moving. It's not like he's using his arms to crawl and kicking his legs. It's not like he's army crawling using his arms and legs. It's literally, you know, like kind of he's, he's like sometimes he's kind of lifting himself up on his arms and kind of walking with his arms like and his legs dragging behind him he's he's kind of like maybe one elbow in front of him and trying to push down on the ground and pull himself forward you you're not seeing him moving so you're not really sure how he's doing it but he's he's not you can tell he hasn't moved he's not using his legs because one his legs aren't moving and two you can just look at the drag marks and see that his his legs have I mean he, he hasn't stood up and just walked uh, you're not sure why you don't know if he was crippled beforehand or anything like that um, as you approach he kind of whimpers and kind, kind of rolls over to, to look at you guys and 
shields his face, and he's he's cowering in fear. And you can tell that he's very extremely afraid. You know, he's you can tell he's definitely thinking that this is you guys are here to end him because of whatever's happened. And of course, if the players decide to talk to him, we proceed from there and have a conversation. And that that you can't really plan out because that just kind of depends on the players, what they say, what they ask, how they talk to them, and things like that. Um, basically, I want to get to the gist of that this man's son... I haven't decided if they're going to be able to have a full conversation with him or if he's just going to keep repeating um, the phrase, something along the lines of, the boy, the boy, get the boy. The boy went in. The boy went in the woods. Get the boy. The boy went in the woods. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have him do that, just kind of as a, kind of a creepy, feel thing. You know, that's all he's saying frantically, uh, as he's kind of, you know, after he says it a time or two, he'll turn away from the players and kind of start pulling himself back towards the woods a little bit, saying, you know, saying the same thing. You know, he kind of maybe shouts it at the players frantically, and then as they kind of stand there or ask him questions or anything like that, I, th- I think I'll have him turn over and start crawling towards the woods again and just kind of muttering that. It's it's audible. You can hear it. He's not shouting it anymore. He's just, the boy's in the woods. we got to get the boy. got to get the boy. The boy's, he's, the boy's in the woods. we got to get the boy. He went to the woods kind of thing um hopefully all of this being said the players will go into the woods now I haven't des- I haven't decided where I want to describe start describing the woods yet um I'm going to describe to you kind of what I'm what I'm thinking now um basically the Hopefully they'll want to do checks and stuff and try to find out what this place is and all this. But basically, when you begin to approach the woods, uh, you can see that all of the trunks and branches of these trees are like a... I want to say a light gray color, uh, but it's... it's It's kind of an ominous gray, but it's not a dark it's it's not a pretty light gray but it's not a dark completely dark uh, gray it's this forest is strange there's there's rumors that float around about it there's people say you know the normal stuff of you know somebody goes in there and they never come back out you know but how do we get stories about what's in there if nobody ever comes back out kind of thing. Some people believe that if you enter the forest, you, you'll, you're never seen again. Um, some people say that they've been in the forest and fought various different types of goblins, ghouls, demons, devils, angels, gods, demigods, anything you can think of they've seen or fought in these woods. You know, but but nobody knows if they can believe those people or not. Those, you know, for all you know, those could be tall tales, tales of ghosts and shadows and 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 any kind of 
outer planar beings that you can think of have been rumors have been spread that that's what you find in this forest but who knows there's not a reliable source the people that say that they've been in there and gotten out aren't exactly the kind of people that you would just believe and trust at the drop of a hat not necessarily shady and shysty people that lie all the time necessarily but this is one of those things that you don't you don't know who you can believe the trunks and the trees and the woods and all this they're kind of they're this gray color and they look you know it's definitely a creepy place but it's not super super dark uh the the leaves and adornments of the tree are this blood red so you've got these gray trunks you've got these gray branches and you've got this blood red foliage on it and no one knows why these trees have grown up to be red like that Uh, there's a few different reasons that people say some people say that a great battle was fought um, in that place before the forest grew up and that through growing the trees growing from the ground soaked in blood absorbed the blood and that's what you know caused the red leaves and such Um, some people say that there's a crack or portal in the middle of in the middle of these woods somewhere and that's why the forest just kind of showed up there nobody really knows when it came when it showed up when it grew up you know people say that it came from a great battle but no one no one remembers who or what was fought there or why or anything like that so some people say that one day um a rift or portal opened up and this forest just showed up and then yet others believe that this is just a normal forest that has been cursed and through this curse has changed it's changed the way it it appears some people if I'm, I, th- I haven't decided if I'm going to have them roll for it or what I'm going to have them roll for it I think I will or I may just have them I may randomly just roll a dice and you know sign them a number roll a dice and pick the people that see it or I may end up deciding that they all see it I'm not sure yet but um, if you some people I may have all the players see it but I definitely definitely not everyone in the world sees it Um, but as they look in the direction of the forest and they see a figure uh, about 20 about 20 feet tall Um, looming over the forest itself Uh, horns these long horns come out of its head kind of curling and it's it's a black shadow it's it's a corporeal figure you know if you can get to it you can touch it it's it's not a it's not a ghost or spirit that you you know something would just run through necessarily or doesn't appear that way um but it has this almost black wisp not quite a smoke more of more of almost an aura but not quite an aura either I, 
kind of a wisp coming off of it. Um, and it's it's a really kind of gaunt, skinny, it's long arms, like I said, 20 feet tall. It's got these, you can't really see its hands well. Um, just from from the from where they're at they can't really see whether it's you know got hands if it's got claws or what you can't make out the detail of that um, it's not moving it's standing in what appears to be the center of the forest and it's just kind of looking down it's not looking out over the over the surrounding area it's not looking out over the surrounding world it's kind of looking down peering at the forest and it's not moving, it's not walking, its chest doesn't rise and fall as if it's breathing, its eyes are opened, you can see that, you can see it, a faint glow of the eyes as it looks down, and it's, it's literally just standing there staring down in this forest. And that's kind of my description of, of the forest. I, would, I think I would give that to them um, right before I described the caravan being there and stuff. And hopefully that doesn't scare them away. Because if that scares them away, then i got to come up with my own stuff. Um, for, for, you know, for another thing. I have, I have another little kind of side thing we could do as well if that, if that goes off the rails. Anyways. Hopefully they will um, enter the forest and take the quote-unquote bait and they will venture into this forest that some say no one ever makes it out of. And I think that after that, as they enter the forest, there will, I'm going to have a little cutscene. I may omit this, I haven't decided on this yet for sure, but have a little cutscene where this person and all of the caravan vanish. Of course, the, the players will know that, the characters don't. The characters don't see it, um, because I, I reveal that after they get into the forest a little ways. Um, so they don't know that it's happened. It just kind of happens behind them. It's kind of a flavor kind of thing. Um, once in, I haven't come up with... I haven't come up with any puzzles or... or challenges yet. Um, I'm kind of trying to figure out what kind of monsters I want to use because I know I want to have several several fights because I think I want to throw some some simple easy fights at them in the beginning some I want to throw this big thing like I just described to you this this big thing looming over the forest I want to throw this at them and see their reaction and then I want to kind of throw some some minor creatures at them some something that they can beat relatively easily and so that way they kind of get their kind of get their feel of well this is not nearly as bad as we thought this is pretty simple and, and 
I want to throw some... I hope my book doesn't come apart. My monster manual's definitely not bound correctly. Um, I want to throw some, some creepy kind of stuff in them, at them, but some stuff that they can possibly easily overcome. Um, like, I want to throw... I think I'm going to throw some shadows at them. There's a creature in the monster manual called the Shadow. It's a half challenge rating, so it should be really easy for them. You know, one of them would be easy to overcome, and I think I'm going to throw several at them um, and possibly be along with another creature um, with it. Um, but to me, that kind of has that creepy vibe and creepy feel. Um, looking at it now, uh, they can move through small spaces. Um, while in dim light or darkness, the shadow can take the hide action as a bonus action and disappear. Sunlight weakness. While in sunlight, the shadow has disadvantage on attack roll ability checks and saving throws. Which is beneficial on that because in the in this forest, um, you can see. It's, it's, it's dark in here, but you can see. But it's not... It's not a sunlight. You don't need dark vision to see in it. It is light enough, at least where they'll be in for this, at least for this one shot. It will be light enough for them to be able to see. But it's not, it's a, it's not a sunlight. You don't really know where the light's coming from. And I'm kind of going for this magical kind of strange, weird feeling for us there's it's un, kind of unpredictable it's creepy there's all this weird stuff running around like i said i think i'm gonna have them fight some shadows um there's something else one second i'm gonna slide slide my seat back so i can put my book in my lap i'm at the pet store i'm fixing to go in here in a, shortly when we finish up and and get mice feeding day um let me find so we talked about the shadow i pretty set on throwing one of those at them. I'll say one of those. A group of those at them. Um, there's so much good stuff in the monster manual that I would love to use and I can't use all of them. I want to throw all this kind of stuff at them because I want it just... I want this I want this forest to be creepy and dangerous and, and weird. I think we're going to be level 10. So a lot of the some of the smaller creepy stuff I can throw at them will probably be easy, which is why I want to. Like I want them to see all this weird creepy stuff, but be able to un, un to be able to overcome it relatively easily, and then I will have something bigger come at them. Um, trying to find the thing that I was thinking of throwing at them towards the end that made and see if the challenge rating's right because I can't remember if it's something that would be able to stand up to them or not because I want to tie in this I don't want to just toss away this guy by the caravan I you know I want it to be a reason why they go into the woods and then I don't want to just throw it away as if nothing came of it I want to tie it in with why they're in the woods. Uh, so I want to be able to use a boy, you know, use this boy for something. I'm trying to find 
this monster I was looking at day before yesterday that was like a shape it wasn't a shape shifter but it could shape shift looking for it um I'm thinking about I've thought about throwing some harpies at them because they're kind of nasty creepy looking things um I, that I wouldn't want to be around or mess with uh where are you that's one of the kind of nasty creepy things level 10 is a high I mean even a level 13 even a um Beholder's a level 13 uh, challenge rating. So, in theory, a group of players level 13 should be able to, not maybe not easily, but should be able to handle even a Beholder. So, level 10, you know, I have some, I have some pretty big and creepy options that I can use. Um, just kind of trying to pick what I want to use because there's so much good creepy stuff in D&D. Um, ooh, an invisible stalker. I'll have to look into that. I haven't looked at that. That looks super creepy. Um, I don't I don't want to sit and read it <laughs> and mess things up because like I said, I haven't decided exactly what they're going to fight. I haven't decided how many fighting encounters they're going to have because I don't want it to be all fighting. I want there to be... I want to put a puzzle in here um, and give them kind of something they have to figure out. I think the first thing... I think the first thing I'll have them do is some kind of puzzle or riddle or something like that where they have to uh, figure it out to advance... Um, I just haven't come up with what I want to do yet with that. Um, I'm rambling because I'm looking for this certain creature. I have one other idea that I want to use, but I'm not sure if this thing will last long enough at level 10. Um, just a second. I'm pretty sure I'm getting close to it. I thought about throwing some orcs at them, but they're kind of basic. Um, where are you? Purple worm. I thought about having a purple worm show up in the distance just to kind of, just so they kind of see it moving. I mean, if you know anything about D&D or if you're following along with what I'm saying, you can look this stuff up and see what I'm talking about. Like a... A roper that would be super freaking creepy to see a shambling mound there's a minotaur skeleton that they could fight um, there's so much stuff that I could throw at them it's just kind of there it is it's kind of hard to pick like there's a specter that throw a specter at them um, that's something I'm still working on deciding on is exactly what they'll fight. And I, I want to, I want them to fight a kind of a mixture of a couple of things. And then I want to give them a big thing to fight. I think I might have them fight a death. I say it death slat. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, it is a challenge rating 10. It's on armor class 18. It's got 170 hit points. Um, 
but it can use its action to polymorph into a small or medium humanoid or back into its true form. Its statistics, other than its size, are the same in each form. Any equipment it is wearing or carrying isn't transformed. It reverts to its true form if it dies. And I think I'm going to have this thing. It's got spell casting. It's got magic resistance. Um, it's got its weapons attacks are magical. Uh, it's got regeneration. Um, it's got multi-attack. It's got a bite. It's got a claw. It's got a great sword attack. Like, I'm thinking about having this be this boy. And it, when they show up and they finally find it, this will be the kind of the... If all goes well, this will kind of be the final encounter. And this thing will be this boy that they're looking for when they finally find it. And, of course, you know, they think it's a boy and all this, and they're fine. I may have them encounter it, like, early on and try to try to get, um, kind of get the boy out. Because they may not know that they can't exit the forest. Um course and then depending on how they I have to figure out an ending too because I, I don't I have to figure out if they get out of the forest or they just continue fighting until they're dead so um, that'll be something I have to figure out as well is, is how we're gonna kind of end it up and I may just I may end it literally where they fight this thing and whatever the outcome is that's the end of it if they defeat it then they defeat it and now they wander the woods. And I may have them roll I don't I haven't decided yet. I may have them roll dice, like a like a percentile dice to see what the percentage chance of them actually getting out of the woods is, finding their way out. Um, I may leave their characters in the woods in case they want to do something again where they they play these same characters in the woods. Um, who knows? They may try to go to the center of the wood and find this nightwalker that they can never find. That's the twenty foot tall monster. Um, I've got a couple of other ideas running around in my head. Um, you know, there's a gibbering mouth there they could, they could fight. Uh, there's just, there's so many creepy monsters that they could face. Uh, uh, where's the other one? Somebody told me to throw a banshee at them. A banshee is a challenge rating four, but they have a, a whale that they can use once a day. And if they don't, passer con save they go straight to zero um so they're not dead but they have to make saving throws you know that could if if they don't have a healer in their party that can really really mess them up um i'm thinking about throwing that at them um let's see let's see where's the other one i'm thinking about throwing this is my first game, and I'm thinking about going this far in this direction. I'm thinking about throwing a mind flare at them. And the reason why I'm thinking about doing this is because I have a type of creature that I kind of want to... It's basically a mind flare, but I want to skin it in a different way. And I haven't figured out the mechanics of how it happens... But basically that a mind flayer is is a person, is a human in this world, except they've got what 
for lack of a better term at this moment and lack of a name of the creature, uh, a face hugger has latched onto them and turned them into a mind flare. They, their face looks a lot like a mind flare's actual face, and you know, in the monster manual, but it's it's wrapped around a human's head, and the face on a mind flare and the tentacles all come off of this face hugger. And that's about as far as I've got with skinning, skinning it. So I don't have any special things for it or anything like that yet, except for that this mind flare has an has an aura of silence around it. When you start to get close to it, all sound drops off. I'm going to allow them to be able to speak to each other and be able to talk to each other, but all other sound is gone. You don't hear birds chirping anymore. You don't hear bugs scattering. You don't hear leaves rustling. You know, you can still see them blowing in the wind, but you don't hear it. You don't hear the footsteps anymore. None of this stuff. The only things that you hear are the voices of your companions and the voice of this thing if it speaks to you. And the only... You don't really actually even hear the voices of your companions. You kind of... Like, you don't hear it audibly with your ears. Whatever this thing does to make this... Whatever this thing does to make this aura of silence and whatever this thing does to create that does something to your ears and your brain and your head that you don't hear with your ears your your companion speak and this thing speak. You kind of hear it in your head as if all of a sudden you have telepathic powers. But you can't do it anything anywhere else. You can't do it when you leave that aura of silence or when you're, you know, if you if you survive um, you know, when it dies, it goes away, and it's back to normal. But that's how you know that uh, th- that the mind flare in my world is coming close. And that's a that's a that's a added kind of homebrewed thing I added to it. Um, I don't think they have anything like that um, in the actual creature itself in the books. Um, that's a challenge rating seven, so I. I think that they probably have an easy time of, of killing it. Um, I need to read through. It's It's got magic resistance. Uh, it's got innate spellcasting. I don't think it has any damage resistance. Um, it's, I mean, it's only an armor class of 15. I'm thinking of throwing one or two of those at him. I think I may just throw one at him and, and some minions. But it's. I think that's something I definitely want to do. Um, is have that scene. That's something I've had an idea for for a while and kind of want to have wanted to throw into one of my games. So I'm thinking I will probably have them... See, this is the hard part about D&D. It's because you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how easy it's going to be. You don't know what kind of roles the players or your creatures will get. You don't know what kind of damage will be done to to these creatures players and to these creatures and all this stuff. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw some miniature stuff at them at a battle. You know, some stuff they should be able to get through relatively easily or some stuff that does minor damage. And then I'll have the Death Slad ready and 
as kind of the final encounter, so to speak. Um, I got to figure out where to work the boy into. I think I will have him. I think I'll have them meet him like shortly after they get into the forest. I think I'll throw a puzzle or something at them and on how to advance into the next area and that's where they'll find the boy. They'll fight off some some relatively easy monsters and then I may have them f- come in contact with a mind flare. And then depending on I may make that a brain puzzle where they if they can not not if they can answer a question like he's not going to jump out from under a bridge and give them a riddle and if they answer a riddle he's just going to go away but I think if I can I think what I'm going to have them do is some kind of brain puzzle that's the only term I can think of it because I don't have one in mind yet but something that if they figure it out and they take the right action the weird magical side of this forest and chaotic side of this forest will take 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 effect and the mind flare will just just disappear i may not actually have them fully fight it or fully kill it or anything like that kind of depends on how things go and eventually i'll have i think that's what i'd like to do is try to have them figure out a certain action to take this mind flare disappears and the death slad starts to change and they realize that this boy is not a boy after all. And they have to fight it. I think that's how we'll we'll end up with the session. This is a pretty good idea, I think. I just have to come up with a puzzle, a couple of puzzles then. Shouldn't be that hard. I don't want to make them... I want to make the Mind Flare one relatively challenging. The other, however I set it up, I don't want it to be super taxing and super challenging where they have to think about it real hard. Like the first, uh, the first, um, the first, puzzle that I did that people that we had to figure out that to let us it was in a forest game actually and it led us into the next area was a little riddle written on a slab and basically it said something to the effect of what is something that breaks when you say its name and it was you know it's a pretty simple riddle to some people and some people it's not and the answer is silence. When you say the word silence, it's there's no longer silence. Um, that's kind of I kind of want to do something like that. May even steal that riddle from from the DM that I played with. I want to do something like that. Might do that because that kind of fits perfect to the whole mind flare thing and leads to that. So I might use that. Um, then I just got to figure out how to set it up where they read that phrase and say it and and you know the pathway opens up. Um, let me check my time. I've kind of got a general idea of what I want to do, and it's good because we're almost at an hour. So that's kind of my general idea of what I want to do and the direction I want to go. I obviously have a few 
few tweaks that I need to put on it and figure out a few details, you know, as far as how to set up the little riddle and how, you know, what they're going to see, if it's going to be a tablet they read, if it's going to be something written on stone. Um, I may have them find a body and this says this on, you know, written on something that's on the body or something like that. You know, I got to figure that out. Um, and just kind of, I think I'll kind of wing how the scenes are set in the different areas, depending on where they go and what they've done and what they're going to fight kind of go from there um i want to i want to write kind of a general description of the different areas that the different places will take place in or the different fights and the riddle and things like that will take place in it's just something i have to come up with um i'm kind of waiting to see what their characters are going to be so i can kind of tailor a couple of the areas to something that has to do with their character you know, I asked them to roll trinkets because I want to tie some trinkets in here somewhere with the details. But again, that's all details and that all depends on your players and their characters and their backstories and things like that. So, that being said, I feel like we've pretty much prepped a full session here. It's taken about an hour. Part of that was me looking through the book and part of that was me explaining a few things about why I got to the point of wanting to do this episode. So really, it didn't even take us an hour to prep this one shot. And who knows? This is something that could turn into more than a one shot. I mean, if they stay in the woods, we could run these same characters and and this same scenario, not the scenario, but this same type of situation longer and have them exploring these woods and fighting other creatures and doing other puzzles, trying to reach the center and find out what the woods are or trying to get out of the woods. You know, it could this could become a dungeon crawl type campaign. So there's potential for growth here. There's potential to expand it farther. And yet I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do with the campaign with or with this one shot, with this session. I, I'm still nervous, you know, don't get me wrong, but I feel better now that I've spoken all this and kind of walked, walked through it in my head about what to do and kind of described out loud some of the things I want to describe and hopefully they'll be a little better you know when I actually have the players in front of me and I can intertwine some of their characters and their characteristics and some of their trinkets and things like that um, hopefully my descriptions and my my actual plot will be a little more a little tight a little more tight um, because I'll have it'll feel real to them because they'll be more involved in it um, but other than that, that we pretty much prepped a session. Um, I do want to do more stuff like this. I do hope to do more like this now that I'm playing some more and I want to run some more sessions. Well, I guess I'll decide that if this goes well. Um, I also want to hopefully find a way at some point to record, um, I want to do some sessions online and do some recording of them and help and figure out how to split them up in a good way where I can make them podcasts even if they have to be split up in parts you know part one of episode one part two of episode two or whatever because I would like to have some some actual plays um, on here as well um, I will have a once I get all my setup done and my setup better and get a you know get a better way to do it 
Um, I'm planning to do a character creation type thing on my YouTube channel, which I will probably post the audio on here as well. Um, so you have the audio, but I'll be making a video out of it and make putting it on my YouTube channel, which is Quad D20 on YouTube. Um, eventually, I plan to uh, do some stream, some game streaming on there too. And one of the games will be Neverwinter. Me and a buddy was playing that the other day, and I forgot how much I enjoyed that. It's a D&D. It's a D&D game, so RPG. Um, all that being said, and all the rambling being done. I've got to go inside and buy mice and crickets for the animals and take care of a couple of other things. So I'm going to do that. I appreciate everyone sticking with me and listening to me prep. It has really helped me a lot and has made me, I'm still nervous, but it has made me a lot less nervous that I've talked it out. Um, if you guys have questions about D&D, if you guys have questions about prepping games or questions about note taking or any kind of questions pertaining to D&D or creativity, I'm you know, like I said, this is my first time DMing, so I don't know that I can answer all questions. Um, I will do my best to answer what I can, and if I can answer it, I can probably refer you to someone that gave me some inspiration and answered the questions that I have. So uh, feel free to leave me a comment on Facebook. Feel free to leave me a comment on Twitter. Um, most of those places you can find me by searching Quad D20. I'm working on some Dimension 119 uh, pages, but right now we're set for Quad D20 um, as that's my kind of persona online, my <coughs> excuse me, my YouTube channel and stuff like that. It's Quad D20 at the moment, um, just because it has something to do with D&D, and that's what a lot of my YouTube is going to be is D&D. Um, what else? I think we've got all. I think we've got everything out of the way. Um, I'm Nathan Flannery on Facebook. If you want to leave me a, you know, Facebook comment, you can find me Nathan Flannery on Instagram. Um, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. So if you have questions, like I said, find me on there, post me a comment. You can find my Facebook page quad D 20. Um, and you can leave comments on there. Um, if you go back, if you find me on Facebook, if you want to leave me a voice message, if you find me on Facebook and you scroll through my posts about the podcast, probably easier to find it on the Quad D20 Facebook page. Um, you can find the first or second episode, my posting about my first or second episode, I think. And there's a link on there where you can leave uh, me audio comments on the podcast. And it's actually something that um, if I decide to, I can take and put in to one of my podcast episodes. And I'd like to get some of that kind of feedback and stuff. And if I get enough of that or get enough questions about different topics um, that I feel comfortable discussing and talking about and answering questions of, um, I can post those in a podcast and actually answer those questions, which would be super cool because I'd like to get people involved in that. Um, Maybe you want to get on here and talk to D&D, talk to me about D&D or Marvel or whatever, and we want to have a discussion about it or, you know, any of the current events that I've talked about or anything like that. Um, that'd be the way to find out if we can mesh and do that is to hit me up on Facebook or shoot me over a voice comment um, on Anchor. Uh, I am Quad D20, Nathan Flannery for Dimension 119. And I hope you all have a wonderful day, a great evening, a great morning, whenever you're listening to this. 
Um, it's been another podcast. I'll see you in another dimension.